Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. One of the challenges of traveling is managing your money. If you're tired of getting crushed by bank fees and exchange rates, you need to check out wise.com. I have been a customer for over 10 years. This is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. It's been essential for me first as a traveler, then later as a digital nomad and an expat living abroad, running a business from around the world. You get one account, which allows you to send, spend, and convert money internationally, all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. You can join 16 million customers, learn how the Wise account can work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to Wise for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at nissanusa.com. I was running down the beach and I was about to go back to Chicago. This is February. So imagine Chicago, February, ice cold. And then so I'm running down the beach in Hawaii and I'm like in great shape. You know, I can see some girls looking. I'm like, man, this is nice. I like this. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm just like, why am I going back? I work from the computer. As much as you want to be passionate and live out your dreams and do something you're completely passionate about, you can, but you still have to be sensible about business. You just heard a couple clips from today's guest, Jabril Agora. We had a wide-ranging conversation about the long-term travel lifestyle, and he started out as a digital nomad working and traveling long before it was popularized. And I wanted to pick his brain because he's been... (laughs) working as an entrepreneur for a long time. He's been traveling for a long time. And right now he's based in Bali. So we talk about why Bali is a great destination for a base. And he talks about his trip to Hawaii, how that changes life forever, how travel changes your relationship with possessions, why being able to find happiness anywhere is such an important superpower to have how you should define success or one way to define success and avoid the comparison trap. And a big theme is balance. And for those of you that have lived your life on the road, it's not always easy. You experience the ups and downs of life like anybody else. You just happen to be traveling. And it can be difficult to strike that balance between work and pleasure and exploration and buckling down and getting things done. And Jabril seems to have nailed it. You'll hear some of his tips and perspectives around finding and maintaining balance in your life. This is important stuff for anybody, whether you're on the move as much as Jabril is, or you're really stationary, you want to travel occasionally. It's still finding that balance. And I found as remote work has exploded, more people are struggling with this, right? You're starting to discover maybe you had the home office thing going for the first time and you're like, oh, yeah, this is kind of tricky sometimes to maintain this balance. And now a lot of our jobs involve using our brains, which we carry with us all the time. So how do you shut the work off? How do you have that separation? Balance is so key to what I mentioned earlier, having that superpower of, of being able to find happiness anywhere. So we, we touched on a lot of those things, the joy of sharing travel with family, the importance of your skill set, which skills you have or which skills you want to develop that can allow you to earn a living from 
anywhere. Why leading with value when you're trying to get new clients in your business is so important. Some advice around picking a business partner. Just a ton of value packed into this interview. I know you're going to enjoy it. Plus, I'm going to talk about flow. Something that Jabril and I discussed at the top of the interview. We'll have a little chat about that in this show as well. And I'm going to give a shout out to somebody in the community who highlighted how the pandemic has forced her to shift her travel style in a certain way. And when you think about it, it's doing this for all of us. And for some of you out there, it might be, well, that's kind of how I traveled before anyway. But for others, it might be a new thing. So we'll talk about that and much more all happening right now. So buckle up, strap in. Thanks for being here. And welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, hey, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. I hope my voice is finding you well today through your headphones, through your speakers, wherever you're out listening to this. Smile and feel good because we've got an incredible show coming your way. As I mentioned at the top, Jabril Agoro is on the show. He's got a ton of experience traveling and working around the world, living around the world, and he shares his advice, perspectives, some ideas around travel, entrepreneurship, maintaining that balance, as I talked about in the beginning, always so tricky, and stick around after the interview because I do have a simple hack for getting that balance back. Whether you like the word hack or not, I guess I could call this a little bit of a hack just because it's easy to do. And it's an example of a broader concept that can help you find your balance. If you're starting to lose it, if you're starting to lose that work-life balance, you got to take the power and get it back. Don't let that work steal your balance. can be tricky, especially when you love what you do. I mean, I love what I'm doing right now, sitting here chatting to you. This is part of my quote-unquote work. I'm using air quotes even though you can't see me. (laughs) Why do I do that? (laughs) I can't help it. Uh, Yeah, this is fun. And when you love your work and you have a lot of fun with your work, sometimes it's even harder. But you do have to shut it off sometimes. I find that the more I shut it off, the actually the more creative I can be in some regard because I'm giving myself that space to entertain new ideas, new thoughts, take in new experiences, which always leads to more creativity and ideas on the back end. So those long walks without your headphones or those, you know, jogs that you take when you leave all the tech behind can be well worth the investment in terms of the ROI, if you want to think of it that way, your return on investment. You get a heavy creative return on investment, I feel, when you give yourself the space to turn off that thinking mind and just give it a break. Not always easy to do. Before we get into the interview, I do want to give a shout out to somebody in this community who highlighted one of the 
big challenges when it comes to traveling in this pandemic era that we're living in right now. And I thought about this. I was thinking, well, this is something that some people might not be a challenge for, but for others, this could be a totally new thing to manage. So I just want you to know you're not alone because we're all going to be facing uh, this challenge in some way, shape, or form. Now, don't forget, if you want to get in touch with me, my email address is jason at zerototravel.com, and I leave a link in the show notes where you can easily leave me a voice message. I love to get those. And I wanted to give a quick shout out before the interview to Leslie. I'll read a bit of her email. She said, you asked listeners to reach out if we're planning our own great getaway. So here I am. I'm planning to spend all of 2022 traveling around Europe. The admittedly loose plan so far is to spend one to two months in each location. I'm not a huge fan of the go, go, go itinerary. I like to seep into a place a little bit and hopefully meet lots of locals and get a feel for what their everyday lives are like. I'll be using Airbnb for the most part. I'm hoping to spend time in Italy, Hungary, Ireland, Scotland, Norway. Hey, drop me a line, Leslie, if you're here, Estonia and Croatia and or Greece, but I'm open to any random opportunities slash chance encounters that might take me in a different direction as long as they seem relatively safe. Currently, I'm a freelance photographer in Charleston, South Carolina. Grew up in Michigan, but I've lived in Charleston for 20 years now. So here are a few things about this trip. She says, number one, the idea to travel for a year came up after I was forced to move out of my apartment because I discovered I was harboring toxic mold, which was making me sick. I moved in with my mom for several months to detox and get well. But when I was well enough to start apartment hunting again, I realized I didn't want to be tied down. I wanted to roam. I wanted to travel. Finding myself, quote unquote, homeless in that sense actually created the perfect window to do something like this. My mom agreed to let me stay on with her for another year to save up enough money to go abroad long term. She said, number two, I'm a solo female traveler and I really prefer to travel solo. I think people have a hard time believing this sometimes, but I am in fact that weirdo who enjoys her own company. I'm also an introvert to being alone means recharging for me. It feels good. And when I travel with other people, I find I'm less in tune with the locals and the culture around me and instead more in tune to my travel partner. Interesting. Number three, she said, planning a trip during a pandemic is interesting. It's forcing me to be a little more flexible than I'm used to being with my travel plans. Already, I've had my one-way flight to Rome canceled, and I've had an Airbnb host reject my request to stay for a month because the pandemic hasn't allowed her to be as flexible as normal with her own travel work schedule. And for work-wise, I'm looking at my year abroad as something of a sabbatical. I want to have good long periods of break slash rest from working in general, and I also want to use some of my free time to learn new skills. I've been... uh, also been trying to transition my freelance work more and more toward travel photography. She said some nice things about the podcast as well. So I just wanted to give Leslie a quick shout out, a congratulations, turning a situation like getting sick from toxic mold, that sounds terrible, and having to move back in with your mom and then taking that and using it, turning it around, making it into an opportunity to travel. There's a line in an Eddie Vedder song on the Into the Wild soundtrack. You know that movie, Into the Wild. Great soundtrack, by the way, where he says, going to rise up, turning mistakes into gold. And that's what I feel like you've done here. Turning, not a mistake, but uh, a, a, a bad situation into gold, travel gold, right? So I just wanted to give you some props on that. And what I kind of teased out at the top of the show was was this idea of planning a trip during the pandemic, her number three uh, point on her list 
She said, it's forcing me to be a little more flexible. She had the Airbnb host reject her request to stay. And, and this is what I wanted to bring up because the pandemic is forcing all of us to be more flexible with our travel plans. And we might have to deal with last minute cancellation or not being able to leave a country being stuck in a country, not being able to get where we want to go, not being able to get into certain sites at the last minute. Things are changing all the time. So if you are fine with that, you're a flexible traveler, you're just used to that, cool. If you're not, it's going to be another one of those tests, right? That Another one of those challenges that travel will throw at you and look at it as an opportunity to embrace the flexible side of your personality. <laughs> what else can we do? What else can we do, right? So congrats to Leslie. Look forward to seeing you when you come over here, hopefully. Now, let's get into the interview, shall we? We're going to slip and slide into that right now. Stick around on the other side. We'll talk a bit about flow, and I'll share one simple hack or one concept that I use, at least, to restore the balance in my life. I need this sometimes. I need to do this, and... Uh, I'll share that after the interview. So please enjoy my chat with Jabril, and I'll see you on the other side, my friends. Actually, unbeknownst to you, probably, I've been wanting to have you on as a guest for many years. Okay. Yeah, because I've been following your work for a while. And so when your your publicist or whatever reached out, I was like, yes, finally, we get to have the man himself. So I'm really excited to have you here. <laughs> hey, man, we're here. So, you know, I feel like things happen when they're supposed to happen, right? So now we get to have this this conversation. You mentioned the tech thing. You're, you're kind of like all these tech things happening right at 8 o'clock in your time when this was going down. You said 8 is your lucky number. Why is 8 your lucky number? Uh, infinite energy. And then also, uh, I was born in England and my favorite soccer player was this guy named Ian Wright. He played for Arsenal. And so, yeah, he was like my hero growing up. And, and then being out here in Asia, just always just something about, you know, the infinite energy of, um, of the number eight, it just never stops. And so, uh, yeah, I've been riding with it and it's, uh, gave me some good fortune over the years. Um, eight hasn't really done me wrong, uh, too much. Not to get too deep right off the bat, but I, yeah, I'm going to talk about spirituality now. This early in the interview, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, you mentioned that you know energy, and and I'm just kind of wondering. I mean, you're in a you're in Bali, right? Yeah, I'm in Bali currently. In a way, that's a a spiritual hub for some people. That that base there. I'm just wondering, is that is that something that you use to make decisions and to go through life? Are you kind of in tune with your intuition in that way? 100%. Like for me, if things don't flow, I'm like, it's probably not for me. Um, anytime I try and force something or every time that I don't listen to like that inner voice, my subconscious, it's like, Damn it! Why the hell did I not listen to myself? Because, yeah, it just really hardly ever, if ever, like steers me wrong. And so, yeah, it's just something that's really guided me throughout life. And where, you know, it's kind of when everyone's, you know, maybe not popular decisions. Like 
I've been traveling, you know, before there was Instagram, right? <laughs> like I've been, you know, so, you know, before it was like, quote unquote, cool and, you know, all these things. And it was like, you know, there's, you know, companies have these work remote, uh, you know, programs and stuff now. So, I mean, I was in Bali where, you know, it was something special to have like, you know, two up and two down, uh, like, oh, yes. We've got two up and two down, you know, for speeds of internet. So, and just to see the transformation in so many places, um, you have to follow intuition, um, you know, because, you know, nobody was really here. <laughs> nobody was doing it. I should give you a quick introduction. I always kind of get to chatting first, but uh, my guest today is a digital marketing expert, has been traveling the world nonstop or running his businesses for over a decade. He's the founder of Passport Heavy, a video production company created to connect and inspire a new generation of travelers. You can check that out at PassportHeavy.com. He's also the co-founder of the Live Richer Academy. It's an online education platform with 40,000 plus active monthly subscribers. And I'm just excited to have him here. Uh, finally, Jabril Agora, welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend, officially. Thank you. And I'm honored. Um, yeah, I've, I've kind of, you know, I've heard about you too from a distance for a while. Like, um, you know, you're definitely in the industry of like traveling. And so it's, just, it's, it's always so exciting to connect with like minds. Um, so I'm just happy to be here. Whatever you have, um, I'm here to answer and just kind of give, um, you know, whatever knowledge I can to you know, help people um, along the way because that's what's, you know, helped me. Yeah, that's been something that I've noticed through all of your work is just this, uh, I feel like it's a true spirit of just, you know, wanting to give and then, you know, things, this goes back to the energy, right? Or the eight, kind of things circle back eventually and it all sort of comes together. I, I will also drop uh, your personal website, jabrilagoro.com and we'll leave that in the show notes as well. Um, how long has... Bali been your home? Do you consider it home? No, my home is still legally Chicago. I have a place in California. The world is my home. Um, my official home is uh, in Chicago. Uh, and so, but Bali, I've been coming to Bali for like seven years or so. It's, and then during the, um, the pandemic, I was just like, man, it's, it's one of the easiest places on earth to, to live, create, and just be. Um, and so that's, that's why I came here. Um, it's just, uh, it just, yeah, that, the word flow, I flow here really easily without much. Effort. Okay. Yeah. And you, uh, so you've been stationary there for s how long now? I mean, have you been back to the States at all in the last couple of years since the pandemic? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I go back to my houses all the time just to make sure they're there. I mean, I let friends stay <laughs> in my places. And so I was like, let me just make sure they didn't trash my, my place. So, uh, um, so yeah, I, I go back and check on my places quite often. And then also, I, mean, I just got back from a, uh, from a one month trip. Like we did a, a couple of weeks in, uh, in Jakarta. Uh, that was, that was interesting because you have to quarantine. Um, a bit. And then also I did uh, Rwanda, which just blew my mind. I knew absolutely nothing about Rwanda. And I was like, wow, this place is really organized. It's really clean. It's really safe. Um, you could almost call it like the Singapore of Africa. Like, because I mean, the only thing I really knew about um, Rwanda before was, you know, hotel, like Hotel Rwanda and um, 
I knew a little bit about the Gorillas, and then I knew Arsenal, you know, my favorite team, uh, you know, sponsored, you know, from Visit Rwanda. And that's pretty much all I knew. And so it really blew my mind uh, how how developed it was, how nice the roads were, um, because I've, it's such an organized place and it's so good that I think a lot of people, if they went to Rwanda for the first time, as an example of all other African nations, they'd be like, oh, man, I, I can tackle every country so easily. And they'd be like, Rwanda is exceptionally good. And so, and I mean, obviously every country is unique and whatever, but it is, is unbelievable. Like, they, like they've really done a really good job there. And so and I, I think the number one thing people would say when going to Rwanda is like, whoa, I had no idea it was like this. Yeah. Is that your typical travel style now to kind of, cause I've, I've talked to people recently who there's one camp where they're just researching to death, right? Well, there's a spectrum. There's the, I'm going to research to death and plan every moment. And then there's the, I'm not even going to read about this country at all. And I'm just going to show up and that way I have zero expectations and I get to look at it with like a beginner's mind or totally fresh eyes, you know? Yeah. When you travel, is that more your approach or was the R- Rwanda trip an exception? Um, so I went to Rwanda with, uh, the BAL, which is, um, so the MBA, so the MBA invited me to go to Rwanda. So they just launched a, a new league, um, called the BAL basketball Africa league. And just unbelievable. Like I was like the production levels, everything. I was like, Whoa, like, uh, and so that's what brought me there. So I was like, if they say it's good enough, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. I don't really need to do too much. Um, I was like, you know, they got, you know, there's team owners, like the the Bucks owner and like so many just different, there's different presidents there. It was just like, I was like, you know, French president, Macron, like everybody was there. So I was like, and I even had another story. Like I had to, had to give up my ticket one day for, um, they're like, Hey, we kind of need our ticket back. Um, Macron wants the the suite, so I was like, okay, no. <laughs> Macron, <laughs> yeah. but he's a good guy, so I was like, you know, <laughs> that's a good story, though. <laughs> Do you remember when you first got excited about travel? Was it a moment or a thing that happened or did it just sort of evolve gradually over time as you got more experience? Yeah, man. Good question. So, I mean, so growing up in Chicago, uh, my first exciting traveling trip was, uh, it was, if you're not from Chicago, you probably won't know. So I, there's this place called Wisconsin Dells. And so for me and my friends, that was like the biggest trip, like, in the world, like the I water mean, parks, we, theme park type thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like we all had to save up like two hundred dollars, and it was like, and that was a struggle. Like I was like, I was like, when it came to time spent, like, oh, okay, I got one hundred fifty. Okay, I got. I'm like, God oh, damn it. And then uh, we'd always plan for going for two days, and we, we'd end up always just going for one because we didn't have enough money for two days, um, <laughs> and so. That was like just leaving the bubble in the environment that I grew up. Like it was so exciting every summer. Like that was our big trip. And that that was like, I was like, wow, I, I really love this. Like just leaving. So what might not seem like a big deal to a lot of people, for me, it was like we're leaving our neighborhood 
and we're seeing something completely different, different people that we don't hang out with on a regular basis. And so that was like my first like trip that I took. And then my first international trip was um, to Cancun, Mexico when I was, uh, I was 18. And that was just like, I was so nervous. Like, like, you know, just doing all the checks. Okay. I got my passport in this pocket. Like I've just, like, I've got all my forms, like all of those different types of things. And, you know, just seeing, and that was the first time that I ever saw like blue water, like, uh, like beach. And I was like, Oh my God. Like it was, it was, it was definitely transforming, but I, I mean, that was at 18. And then I took some other little trips, but the, from when my life changed for traveling, where I was like, versus being a vacationer versus actually traveling. That was in 2010 when um, I was in Hawaii. So even to take a step back, so like a couple of years before, so like I've been an entrepreneur for a, a while, you know, building online businesses for a long time, uh, like almost 20 years now. And so, but I had a really down period from like 21 like to like 22. And then it took me about two years to really get back on my feet. And then so at 23, I was like, man, finally, like things are going right again. Like, I mean, it was so bad. That I had to like, I moved back in with my mom and my mom is just like the most wonderful mom, but moving back into my mom in like a two bedroom apartment, like, and then she's just yelling at me every day. Like, why don't you go get a job? This, what's this internet? See, I told you this internet is a fad. Like, I'm like, oh, mom. and then it was, so that's where I was. And then I took this two week trip to Hawaii to visit some friends. And uh, what, like, I, and no one even has heard this whole, whole, whole story ever. Um, it's kind of funny. Like, uh, so I'll share the actual details of what happened because it sounds more glorious than it was. <laughs> and so I finally like start to make, you know, a little bit of money. And so I go to Hawaii for a two week trip and my friends there, they have a, a condo. Right. And so they're like, oh, you know, come stay with us. So I stayed with them for, you know, for a little bit. Uh, and then I was running down the beach and I was about to go back to Chicago. And I was like, and this is like, this is February, February. So imagine Chicago, February. Freezing. It's cold. So and so I'm running down the beach in Chicago, I mean, in Hawaii, and I'm like in great shape. You know, I can see some girls looking. I was like, man, this is nice. I like this. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm just like, why am I going back? I work from the computer. And sometimes I think a lot of people go through like, well, I, I have to live a regular life. I have to be in a home, at least a home office or like what is, this is so unconventional. And, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going home. I'm going to stay for a little bit longer. And what was so good, what's so crazy is that like my friends, they're going like their place, even staying in their place, like we're leaving for a while, but you can stay for as long as you want because our place is under foreclosure. So like they were, they, they basically bought at the top of the bubble in the real estate in like that, oh, you know, oh, seven, oh, eight. And then so they were upside down and like basically F it. You can stay there as long as you want. <laughs> so I ended up staying and it's beautiful in Coralino Resort. Like to, to run a place there is probably 
I mean, even now, like to rent like that same place, you probably be paying like seven, eight grand a month for like the two bedroom that they had. And so I'm staying there rent free. And I'm like, yeah, back. Cause like, I, I was like, I don't want to go. They're like, yeah. And they started, I was like, they, they didn't tell me it was going for foreclosure at the time. And then I, I, I learned after. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then so, but it worked out perfectly. I stayed there for like three months. And I was like, you know what? I really love this lifestyle. And then so that was like what, and then I needed to find some place that was like more in my budget after um, I had to leave. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> I can't stay here. So that's when I um, I went to South America for a little bit. And then I also went to Thailand where I was like, whoa, I can get a really nice like apartment with a pool, a doorman, all these things for three, $400 a month. I think I found heaven. And that was like another like, like aha moment where that's why I wanted to start sharing things with people. It's like, like, you guys have to look at this. Like you have to look at this. Like you, it, it, does, it seems too good to be true. And that's where a lot of my passion for sharing, you know, the different cultures, the price of, because a lot of things look more expensive than they are. And so I got so excited about sharing to enable people to, to live the lifestyles that maybe seemed impossible or like when they were 65, but knowing that they could actually do this now. And that's where like a lot of the passion comes from. I'm more like when people watch my content, I want them to be like, oh, like I can do that too versus like, Oh, this is just a rich douche. Like, cool for him, but f him. Like, I, I really want people to know, you know, how to do it. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos, and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why. 
We're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Yeah, uh, thanks for sharing that story because my next question was going to I was going to ask you if you had a light bulb moment for the working remotely thing. So that just, you put me right on the beach there with you. And that was <laughs> wonderful. And, uh, you know, people got to remember, I mean, what year was that? That was 2010. Right. So at that time, you know, it wasn't like digital nomad. I don't even know if digital nomad was a term yet. You know, that that's the thing. Like you had to sort of, yeah, you had to embrace this unconventional approach before. It's different when you can kind of read about it and a lot of people are doing it now and it sounds like, oh, well, yeah, we know we can work from anywhere. But it's like back in 2010, it just wasn't a regular... Or, I mean, people were doing it, but it wasn't like a known thing, you know? Like people look they're like, wait, what do you do? Wait, huh? What? Like, like but don't you got to go back home? Like, it was like a... Like people, you could just see people's minds home. like, ex- <laughs> like they're like, "Oh, you, like you're not in the military, or you're not like, but what do you mean? You just work like it was so foreign back then. Like now, it's like people are like, oh, okay, you do some fit, like it, it makes sense. But back then, no, it was it was mind blowing to people. And, and that took you all over the world because you just basically committed to living all over the world, right? I mean, you were because. At that time, I guess, were you essentially nomadic? Because you mentioned you were living at your mom's before you kind of got out of there. Uh, like, how long were you living without a home anywhere? It had to be like seven, like seven years. So, like two thousand until like two thousand seven. Like, I went back and got a place in Chicago, like two thousand sixteen. But it was like like two thousand seventeen is like when I was like, okay, let me. Like, I have like bases like in the United States but before then it was like stuff in storage and all of that like uh so and I'm, I'm complete and the thing I learned man it was like when I went like so broke when I was 20 um humbling 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 as it can be it was really liberating because I sold a lot of my like most prized possession my cars I had like a huge like Jordan sneaker collection like worth like 20 grand. And like, I was just, I I sold so many things just to stay afloat. And then after I got rid of all my things, and it was when I backpacked, because my first like road trip, I backpacked for the first like seven months, like without like, just, you know, Osprey backpack. And I realized I was like, man, I'm happier than ever. I don't really need too much. Like, um, and then I realized I was like, I do kind of like some decent accommodations, but as far as like things, I have literally like no attachment um, to things unless it like has like some sentimental value to it. Like, and, I, and I mean that from like the bottom of my soul. Like, I don't have attachment to things at all. Like, like things do bring me joy. Like, if it's a fast car, but I was like, I don't need to own it. Like, I love driving fast, or I like motorcycles, or you know, it could be like a nice home. It, it gives like you know good experiences, but. Like I realized just how basically little I needed um, as far as things, you know, to be happy. Like um, I didn't really need anything other than like, you know, good people, good company, a good sunset, you know, a nice drink. Uh, And then just experiences, like literally my backpack, I had, you know, things like a 60 liter or something, maybe even 55 and had everything 
And um, I was so happy, like just yeah. experiencing living. Yeah. I, you know, that coming from a, you know, I'm, I'm from the States as well and a very consumer driven society where you grow up and you kind of, whether you want to or not, it's kind of implanted. I feel that you associate sort of material items with kind of happiness in some way or, or success, you know? And when you go nomadic or you travel for a period of time and you just get rid of that stuff, it's, it's like you said, I mean, it's like you said, you truly feel that like burden that you, you don't care about material things. But I, I feel like that only happens through experience, right? Of actually living without things and only living out of a backpack or something like that. And I, I mean, I found for me, that is one of the most powerful lessons from long-term travel that I've carried with me for the rest of my life. Not, not having that deep attachment to things. Like you said, sentimental things is a different type of things. But I don't know about you. I'm super... Yeah, I'm just super selective with what I bring in my life because I'm like, is this really going to add value to my life? You know, is this something I really want to... Because it's like something else to take care of every time you get something, right? It's like something else to deal with. Yeah, it's like, does it bring me happiness? Like, what am I going to use this for? Basically, that's like the questions I'm always asking. Like here, like I bought a basketball hoop because it brings me so much joy. I'm like, all right, probably can't take it with me. I was like, all right, cost a couple hundred bucks. But I was like, I go out and shoot every day. And I was like, makes me happy, <laughs> you know. Uh, but yeah, there's no, this, and I don't know if, um, if I didn't have my downturn, I don't know if this is how my life turns out. Because things were just going so good, I probably would have had a really nice crib in America. Like, I probably would have taken some vacations. But I don't know my life would have turned out. Like, who knows? Like, only God knows, right? But I was like, man, okay. Like, let me let me try this. And I was like, whoa, I really, really like this. And it's like, Everyone that comes into my world and experiences this, they're like, I just had no idea. I just, it's like, even though you can hear about it until you feel it and experience it, it's like, it's something almost undescribed, you know, indescribable. You know, anytime you live a lifestyle, any type of lifestyle, you're always giving some other type of lifestyle you could be living up, right? So, I mean, certainly there are pros and cons to living nomadically. I, you know, if you keep doing it, I would say that you're probably in more of the pros department, but do you feel like with the time that you've spent on the road and traveling, like, are there, are there certain things that you feel like, Oh, you know, I don't regret it, but it would have been nice if I could have had this experience too. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, for me, no, because I do what I want. Like, um, and so, like, I wish I could give you, like, this, like, heartfelt, like, but no, nah, like, if I want to do something, I do it. Uh, like, when I when I want to go back home, like, I go back to the States for three months. So if I want to stay for a year, you know, I stayed, you know, stayed in the States for a year. Like, when I say, like, I follow, like, flow in my soul, like, I really do. There's no, and, like, I am blessed enough where... I can travel or fly as much as I want and, you know, basically do whatever the hell I want. So, um, yeah, no. Nah. Well, you mentioned, you know, a big lesson for you being the minimalism and what that taught you in, in terms of your relationship with, 
materialism or possessions or whatever you want to say. I'm just wondering that, and that sounds like a big lesson for you, but what else has travel taught you about yourself over the years? Like maybe some lessons that you don't think you ever would have learned without travel. That so many people around the world are, you know, just just like me. Um, and that like no matter how much the media wants to portray so many differences or people just want to be happy, like they have their beliefs. They, you know, they smile <laughs> like guys around the, the world, like if a pretty girl walks by, like they pretty much all have the same, like they're all looking like, like it's like, you know, women like, it's like people are so, so much more similar around the world than people could ever like fathom. I think sometime like religion and, you know, just the way maybe some people look has people feel in a certain type of way. But I, like when you actually just sit down and talk to people, a lot of people are, you know, quite the same and people are quite open and um, I'm not naive to, you know, issues. And then even like even like traveling to Ukraine, like I, I was I was scared to travel to Ukraine because, you know, I just hear about Eastern Europe. and I was like, oh, my God, people are just I'm going to walk down the street and like people are going to be calling me the N word or like, you know, I, you know, I hear about just different things. And I was like. I had the best time. Like my experience was great, and like people was like at first, I was like super nervous to even go up to people and ask for directions. Um, and people like the, what the first person I, I go up to in my head, I'm like, oh my god, please don't have a bad experience. I just hope is it. And the guy is just like super nice. He walks with me to for five minutes, so I go to I can go to my Airbnb, like. Um, and so that's probably like the biggest thing I learned is that like there's definitely more good than bad. And like um, people are cool around the world, man. And it's like a lot of like the energy that you bring is like what you're going to, you know, what you're going to get back. So that's probably one of the biggest things I've learned for myself or like and what I've learned about myself is just that But I was kind of like that before is like, go with the flow like uh i don't it takes a lot to get me bent out of shape and so i was like no matter where i am um one of my biggest thing i learned is just and i can be happy anywhere like and, and that's probably the biggest thing as well like i used to think man i gotta have the s-class bends and i gotta do this i gotta have this watch i gotta be like this kind of status and all this sh to be like now i feel like um I've arrived and I've learned I can be happy anywhere. Um, so that's probably the biggest thing I've learned about myself and that it, like, I mean, I, I love America. I'm not one of these people who's like, oh my God, I, can't. It's like, I love America. Like, but it's like, I don't need America to be happy. I can be happy. I shouldn't say anywhere. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to go in a war, like war zone place, but like, as long as you got like good internet, nice green and like nice, friendly, organized countries, like I could pretty much be happy anywhere. That's crazy powerful, right? That's a superpower. If you can if you can find happiness pretty much anywhere in that way, then it's it's huge. <laughs> right? I mean, it's our lives are our day to day. So I live in Norway, you know, so I had, I had a hard time here for a while, like just settling in. It's it, it's cold here, man. Although I've never been 
as cold as I've been in Chicago in the winter. That's still the coldest I've ever felt in my life, even though I live in Norway. But on your Passport Heavy website, under your bio, it said uh, you've used... uh, Jabril has used his love of the untapped beauty and culture and uncommon destinations to spark a new narrative in travel. I love that. And and I just wanted you to share a bit about when you talk about a new narrative in, in travel, what would you like to see in the travel industry? What is that new narrative? Man, great question. And like YouTube is the best place to see all of our stuff. I mean, I don't really update the website as much as we should, but pretty much anything that people want to see as far as the videos, just go to YouTube, Passport Heavy is where they see all the episodes. What I want to spark in travel is that places that people don't typically look at as a first destination. And I like to give them a different, so it's like Medellin, Colombia. When I first went to Medellin, I was like, like, I think I'm about to get kidnapped. Um, I was like, the taxi's taking too long. And Nah, just these stories I was playing in my head because I've watched so much damn you know stuff about Pablo Escobar and everything. And so I built up all these stories in my head. And I was just like, but the taxi driver just took me to my location. And I had like the best time. And I spent spent like probably a total of like a year and a half, maybe even more in, um, you know, in Colombia. And so I wanted to share with people like, okay, this is what this place is like. And so I, I like to share places or, or it's like if it's Rwanda or... If it was Thailand before, you know, people really started going to Thailand or, you know, Bali. Uh, or if they're going to London, I'm like, yo, maybe not just going to central London and going to Buckingham Palace, but there's a lot of culture and dope stuff in like Brixton and, you know, stuff like that. Or it's like if you go to New York, you don't have to just always go to Manhattan. You can go to Brooklyn and all these other neighborhoods that are, you know, really dope. So, and so that's a big part. And then the other part that I want to change in the narrative is that, Traveling is expensive. Traveling doesn't have to be um, expensive. By all means, if you want it to be expensive, there'll be no problems making it expensive. Uh, <laughs> and so, but there's, and there's a big difference though between vacationing and actually like traveling as a lifestyle and, and actually working remote. So that's one of the big things that I like to show as well, that you can live a sustainable fulfilling life and still grow your career while traveling. And you can oftentimes live a much better life at a lower cost in many places. And that there's places like, like I'm in Bali, Indonesia, where you have literally all the comforts of home. And then, you know, like the most amazing restaurants and cafes and all the stuff that you need to work. Um, but then also community, right? Because one thing for me that's probably the most important thing is you could put me in the most beautiful place in the world if I don't have people that I feel I can relate to and build friendships with and, you know, have good conversations, I won't be happy there. So it's like community is so big for me. Uh, and so I want people to know that there's so many locations around the world where there's these communities that you can tap into. And then there's a thing about, I was actually having a conversation recently, um, you know, with this girl and she was just like, it's so weird. Like, um, she's like back home in Chicago, like if someone just kind of came up and started talking to me or like, was just, I'd be like, what are you doing weirdo? But like, what, like, uh. But here, because 
the common bond is that we are travelers in a different world. People are much more open to connecting with people where it is, it's not a, you're not a weirdo, um, you know, for talking to people. And so that's one of the most beautiful things. And then like, yeah, you have gyms, you get to learn about new cultures. Yeah. So like with all those things, that's what I like to show people that's, you know, is accessible to people at an affordable rate. Like a lot of people even pay off like student loans and everything when they come to places like this, because here's the reality. You can get a really nice place for like 500 bucks a month. Or if you have roommates, right, get a really nice, you know, three bedroom villa for 1500 or have an apartment, you know, and then a motorbike getting around town is literally $50 a month. Gas is 20 bucks a month. Right, you do your little travel insurance, whatever, hundred something bucks a month. Like, you t- and like if you do activities, like fifteen hundred bucks a month, and you you and that's something equivalent of like probably spending six grand or so a month back home, like in Chicago or something. Norway, I don't even know what. It, like, oh, <laughs> Norway is like the most expensive. Well, you, probably the most expensive place I've ever been in my life. They're like, I was like, yeah, can I get a beer? What? $11 for a beer. <laughs> um, but it's such a, Norway was beautiful. Um, absolutely love my time in Norway. So, but th- that's what I would say is like my purpose mission with telling people you can be digital remote and there's all these new places to discover and you will be welcomed and, and you can do it in um, you know a really efficient rate, especially if you travel versus vacation where you do places a month at a time. Because when you do like day by day travel, it gets expensive. And then it's also very difficult to be in a workflow when you're bouncing day to day to day. So that's that's what I would say. That's the purpose of my of my travel. Long winded answer, but that's what I. Well, speaking of uh, workflow, we we it would be silly to not pick your business brain here. I mean, you've been running businesses all over the world, so we're going to have to get into that conversation. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I I paid off my student loan in half the time because I was nomadic. I never would have done it if I was living in a traditional sense. So I think all the points you just made are super valuable, like people that are considering this lifestyle and still having the doubts and the questions about if they can afford it or make it happen because they have debt or whatever. Everybody's got their own individual situation, of course, but like, listen to Jabril, like it's possible. You know, it might even be a better situation for you financially, much better, much better. In fact, that you could pay off your debts and so on. So it's just a, a mindset leap, I think in some ways. All right. So you've been doing this for a long time. You've had a lot of success. I'm just curious right now in this conversation, in this moment, how do you define success? Man, success for me is being healthy, uh, first and foremost, physically, mentally. Then I would say, yeah, just being um, being able to do what I want with who I want, when I want. And then um, the third piece would be doing um, impactful work that I love and pays me Nice. <laughs> That's what That's I would great. call success. Yeah. I mean, so what advice do you would you give other people to define success for themselves? Like, I love that. I think it's important to define what success looks like because otherwise you can end up in that 
sort of comparison trap where it's just you never you're trying to get to a place that and then when you're there you never really arrive you know i mean i love that you said health first you know it's a wasn't money yeah, because man, without without health you don't you, <laughs> you'll right. find out that you can't do you know so many things so yeah it's like that's what i like because a lot of things that i enjoy doing most require health <laughs> like i like riding my motorcycle it requires health i like playing basketball i like hiking I like, like I just did this three day scuba trip, uh, three day scuba diving trip, like for the last three days. Like, I'm very active, and so without health, like none of that stuff is, you know, is um, is happening. And so for me, like, yeah, the comparison thing is um, is it, I think it robs people of joy. I think like some is like. Like, you don't want to be oblivious. Like, when some people are like, oh, my God, as long as you love yourself, that's all that matters. But then, they're like, they're doing the most abusive stuff to themselves. I'm like, they're way overweight. And I was like, it's insane. Like, like I mean, so that's just for me. Sometimes I got to give hard, like, hard love. Like, it's like a reality yeah. check. Like, don't don't be delusional. Um, I'm sure that goes over well in Bali. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um but so what I would tell people is that like you don't know everyone's full story. And then also you don't know what chapter of their life that they are on. So you might be comparing th- yourself to them when they're on chapter 16 of their journey. Um, and then also you don't know, you know, what their parents have done for them. You don't know, like just you don't know you don't know what they've also been through. You don't know if they were sleeping in cars and now they like, you know, and then Instagram is only a highlight reel. You don't know what is going on with everyone. So why you're like, um, you know, comparing yourself to everyone, it's, it's, it's oftentimes it's detrimental. And so for me, it's like, I'm not the richest guy in the world. Like I'm not in the best shape of anyone in the world, but I was like, as far as balance, I was like, pretty damn near the top like as far as like um you know for balance of things where i'm like you know as long as i'm consistently growing all right that's that's how i continue to measure i'm like am i doing the best that i could be am i consistently challenging myself um because like that's what makes us like that's what makes me happy it's like that's how i define success is like happiness like are you happy um, cause it's like, what else? I guess that's, that's how I define success is like happiness. Um, happiness and a peace of mind is like what, how I define true success. Cause I was like, I was talking to a friend the other day and he's like, man, I, cause I was, I was talking about my businesses. I was like, yo, I did like 10 million last year. And he was like, oh my God, I only did 2 million. Like, and then, and then he's like, but then he's like, he was complaining about all this shit. I was like, are you hearing yourself? You made $2 million last year. And he's complaining. And it's like, money doesn't really buy. I was like, you, I was like, I had to like break it. I was like, I was like, I was like, shut up. I was like, you need to hear yourself and like really process what you can be grateful for. Right? Um, because like I, like I know I'm blessed. Like there, there's no there's no question, um, you know, about that. But I was just like, 
even before, it wasn't like it's not so much of like a like a money figure. Like my life hasn't like the core things of my life. Like yes, do I get to stay in some nicer accommodations now? Yes, but like the core things of like riding bikes, hiking, hanging out with good people, eating good foods, watching sunset. And then I guess the, the next level of like happiness for me is like, I guess helping out a few more family members so they don't have to stress. So like that's because like that would mean that's to me that's ultimate success when like you know your family's not struggling. Like whether you know they're good too, because that makes me like really happy. It's like, well, like, okay, cool, you know, do and it's like, you know, it, it's hard, like when you start doing better, and it's like you feel a little bit guilty, even though it's like it's like you've like you've earned it. But it's like you want your whole family to be, you know, especially if you like your family. Um, I mean, if you don't like them, like and they're not. But like, uh, <laughs> but like you know, you want them to be good as well. So I think to me, that's like ultimate success. So like successful, like myself being able to do. But like ultimate success is having like all of my immediate family, you know, truly thriving and living in, you know, their passions. I even asked my mom like recently, I was like, what do you, what do you, what do you want to do? And she's like, I want to, I want to, cause like her dream for the longest is like to be a, you know, to get her, uh, be a pilot, like flying. So I was like, cool, like, let's do that. All right. So like going through, you know, the processes of, um, you know, of making that happen. So. That's so rewarding to be able to, give that gift to your mom i'm sure you know has she has she come and visited you around the world uh-huh like um well i, I show my mom everywhere like so she's been out here to bali most recently we're in um we're in miami we're in miami for uh for thanksgiving uh last year i get to see her next month like in a month or so uh and then yeah we just did the we did the most fun stuff we had like super deep conversations because uh, she's so much more relaxed like and that was another thing. And then so she, so from Chicago, I flew at first class from um, Chicago to Miami. And she, uh, <laughs> she had a connecting flight. First class was the regular, but then the second flight, she had a the lay flat bed. She's like, oh, Jabril, now this is how you fly. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I just had like the coolest experience. And we did helicopter in Miami. She, that was the first time on a helicopter. Um, yeah, just like, Get to do cool stuff with like the people you, you know, my mom, you know, just super, super hard work. Like my mom never made more than probably like 25,000 a year. Right. Um, so it's like getting to see her, get, see her experience different things. It's like, it's super rewarding. And it's like, that's like, like such a proud feeling, um, like a really good feeling. Would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee? every day. I've tried it all. I've done the pour over. I've done the French press, but I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago and immediately I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years, I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks, so they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, 
you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people, on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Well, I had a couple questions about pivoting because when you work for yourself, you have to do a lot of that. You have to kind of figure out when it's time to maybe just reinvent things, create something new, pivot slightly, pivot dramatically. Yeah, I'm wondering how do you to make those decisions? Like, how do you know when it's time to make a pivot in your business? And I mean, if you want to give an example or something or just talk about it philosophically or what your thought process is around that, I'm sure you've had, you have many iterations of how you've earned your income over the years, right? Mm-hmm. No, no, one, one million percent. Timing. Timing is one thing. Timing is an absolute animal. Like, timing things right will will change your your life in ways that you can't even begin to, you know, comprehend. Um, and consistency and just being aware. So, for example, um, my one – so I used – so I've been running uh, pay-per-click ads. So, like, uh, since my first pay-per-click ad was, like, 2004, right? And still, that's, like, my main thing that I do. And so I learned the skill set of advertising and then like telling stories, um, you know, through content and then, you know, pushing out with, you know, with ads. And so I pivoted before from like, like different affiliate marketing things to I was like, hey, I actually really want to build a business with like employees and like a like a team. And so I was like, I have to do something way different than I've, I've done before. And so, and then also the timing of that. And so, so to give you um, also context of this company. So I have a business with my amazing business partner, Tiffany, the budgetista. And so we have a company called Live Richer Academy. We have several other businesses um, together. And so, but the Live Richer Academy is a online um, membership site right? Where we teach about personal finance information. So about budgeting, credit, student loans, um, how to buy your first um, home or first investment property, or if you're buying stocks, all of these things, right? And so at the time when we started this company, so Tiffany was already in financial education before as like a, like a solopreneur, like doing a thing. And then I was like, hey, we could actually like really build a dope company because no one is really talking to pretty much women um, in this way, and especially women of color. And so I was like, she's like, do you really think it could be this? I was like, 100%. Like, this is going to be massive. She's like, like, you're dreaming pretty big. You really think we can make a million dollars in a year? I was like, 
Yes. And then, um, but like, believe, you know, seeing is believing. Not, <laughs> all right. Uh, you know, now, you know, 10x, you know, 10x that in, um, you know, in a year. But, um, and so what, why I talk about timing is nobody was in that industry at the time. No one was really in it. And then the thing is, there's people doing blogs. There's like, whatever, um, like Nerd Wallet and all these um, sites. That, and, and then Susie Orman on uh, CNBC or Dave Ramsey with his radio show. But nobody was pushing through Facebook and like social media ads. And I was like, this is my specialty. Literally nobody. And so that's how I absolutely cleaned up, right? So the skill set I'd been building for years and then um, what happened was like, okay, mixed with the perfect opportunity and then also doing research of how big, you know, the financial um, education space is like, it's something like, uh, I think it's like 60% of um, Americans don't even have like a thousand dollars savings, you know, to their name, all these different things. It was like the perfect recipe. And then it was, um, in the, in the pandemic, it was like even better for us while like other things are going because we're online and people are like now more nervous about personal finances than ever before. Um, it went, and that's when it had like the first million dollar month. Uh, that was April of 2020. Right. So like the height of the pandemic and, you know, things just even got you know better from there. And the thing that uh, I always like to tell people is like, and if you lead with more value, I kind of took Netflix as a cue. Uh, so it's, you know, it's $30 a month, but the, the amount of information, the amount of value, a lot of people charge like two or $300 for, you know, a lot of stuff like similar, but I was like, yo, we could just over deliver and like Netflix, people are not going to want to leave and they're going to be like telling, you know, they want to tell people as well um, on top of that. And so like, yeah, now we have, you know, 40,000 people at a, you know, $30 a month, um, you know, and growing. And so, but it's like always like, how can you serve people even before the money, right? It's always been about like, how can we deliver? Um, so that's another thing I tell people. It's like sometimes it's, it's a slower burn because uh, a lot of people are like, oh, you're crazy. This is not going to work because we first started off at um, at $9.99 a month because I was like, we really wanted to provide value and like, you know, work out a lot of, um, you know, work out a lot of things. And people are like, oh, like people are like, if, if you know, like those, like, like uh, when people have those speeches, like, man, I remember what you said. I remember what you said. I remember what you said. <laughs> um, and so, but I was like, nah, like no one's serving them. Like people will rally when, when you serve people in like the ultimate way. And it's, it's always, always um, been like people before profit and people like really feel that. Right. And so, that's like the advice I get. It's like it could be a slower burn, and it took us took us a while, you know, to get things really moving. Like you know, it's been a six year, you know, six year journey. It's like so people might see our highlights now, and be like, oh my god, this is crazy. Like, um, but we, you know, we started off spending literally, we're spending like maybe like forty dollars a week on ads, you know, in the beginning, right? Tiffany was scared. She was like, but we get free, you know, people, um, you know, sign up for the email list for free. I was like but this is how you accelerate things. I was like, don't worry, I'll put my credit card on file. Like, I know how these things work, um, right? But it's just like, it's, it's, it's like, I've learned so much from her too. She's such a, she knows how to rally people as well. Like she's such, and like, uh, 
such a, just good people who cares about people. And that's like probably one of the most um, important traits because a lot of stuff that we've done is like in a traditional business sense, people are like, how did you guys make that work? And I was like, some things you just won't understand. Um, but the advice I would have is find find a skill set that you can hone in on. Like for me, I love Facebook ads and um, Instagram ads, right? Like they've served me greatly. And then I'm able to pivot, right? So like even if I didn't want to do financial education, now I have a skill set. So like let's say I want to build a, a business about gaming, whatever. And I, and I was like, or if I wanted to sell t-shirts or whatever it is, because I have this skill set now, I can sell anything, like literally anything. And so as much as you want to be passionate and live out your dreams and do something you're completely passionate about, you can, but you still have to be sensible about business, um, you know, in the end. So it's like, and then as time goes on too, because in the beginning, it was just me and Tiffany and one other person. So we're doing the accounting, the, you know, I was shooting and recording the videos. Like, you know, I was doing all the websites and all of that while Tiffany was doing, and now there's like 30 people on our team. But like, you know, so in the beginning, you're probably going to have to do stuff that you maybe are not the strongest at. But there's one good thing as well is that when you know how to do almost every aspect of your business, you know how to manage the business that much better because you understand all elements of the business. So I always tell people, don't be so quick to hand off things without, you don't have to be an expert, but at least having some understanding will serve you so greatly, you know, in business. And then, you know, so then also if someone wants to take you for a ride, it's like, no, I I, I know what's going on. So. Well, that was incredible advice all around. Uh, I I was going to ask you, we have to have Tiffany on the show, if you don't mind, at some point, you can introduce me because uh, I watched some of her videos and who can't use a good budget? Any traveler could could use (laughs) a personal finance. I think personal finance is one of the most important topics for any individual, right? Educating yourself about my... I still don't know why they didn't have a class on that in school. It's like, really? Isn't that kind of an important thing for people to learn? Anyway, that's another subject for... (laughs) another time. But speaking of Tiffany, I think one of the, one of the ways that people, especially, I mean, at any stage, but especially when you're starting out, I feel you can look at what you have and you can think, and this was my, my case, right? Like in the beginning, everybody starts from zero. You don't have any email subscribers. You, you know, you have a new website, we're trying to build something, whatever. Partnerships are a really great way to accelerate your business, whether they're JV partnerships or business partnerships, like you have with Tiffany. I'm just wondering in your experience, I wanted to get your advice. This is something I haven't really talked about on the show. I'd love to get your take on best practices, do's and don'ts sort of around business partnerships, because that can be a powerful way to to grow your business, to start a business. And I'm just wondering what your experience has been. Good, bad, ugly. Any tips, advice? Yeah, man. Um, Make sure you like the person. (laughs) Like Honestly, because... Like when I hear people complain about a lot of things in life, it's always like, oh, I can't, I can't stand coworkers or this or that. Like I can't stand my boss. And so like a business partner, like you're locked in with that. And so me and Tiff were friends for like five, five years, whatever. Like even before that, you know, just hanging out. And I just, more than because a lot of people always come to partner with me, but I'm like, I really have to like 
value your your character. Like that's like the most the people are like, oh man, we can make all this money. I'm like, oh, cool, cool. Like, bro, I don't need money. I'm good. Like, um, and so and I've always felt that way. It's like not all money is good money. And so, like, but you can, if someone can supplement something that you don't have, it can accelerate you in a way. And also accountability. It's a lot more fun for me to, to run a business with a partner. It's, it's just fun when it's like, you know, doing anything. If, yeah, you could travel alone. It's okay. But traveling with someone you really vibe with, it's just more fun to share the experience with someone. Um, and that's been the thing for me is like, yeah, as long as things are fair and like, you know, there's respect there. Um, I, I think there's there's a lot of good, you know, energy. Just don't, I think too many people get blinded. It sounds cliche, but yeah, get blinded by the money. Um, and then it's like, what's the point if you're not going to be, you know, if you're not going to be happy, right? And then things are probably not going to end up working out or just, like I said, not all money, not all money is good money, right? So if you, if you can make it with someone that you really enjoy and you respect, then like you really mess with like their, like their, their values um, of life. I think that's my biggest thing. I think, like I said, too many people go into it just for the money and they, they end up like, oh my God, why didn't this work out? And like, oh, Maybe I didn't look too hard enough at like the character, um, or does this person balance? And you don't want to get someone who's exactly like you, as well. Like that—that's not a good thing because then it's like, why are they there if they're if they're bringing like you know the exact kind of skill set you know that you have? Right. Yeah. So finding that match, and then, like I said, I mean that's another question. You and Tiff were friends for five years, so then. You know, it's like, should I go into business with my friend? Is that going to screw things up? Yeah, I think that's a question that crosses people's minds. Yeah, people's it's minds true. Well. Like, um, like I think some friendships do turn sour um, you know, over business, right? And that's why it's so important to, to know who you're dealing with, right? It's like the thing of, of like dating or like you could be friends with someone for 10 years and you see them on the weekends, you, but now if you were to travel with them for a month, then you learn if you're really friends or not, <laughs> right? <laughs> or, or a week, if, right? <laughs> yeah, or, or even a week, right? And so that's what I tell people, that's what business is like. You, you, you're getting into like a relationship, right? So it's different than just seeing a friend on a weekend or like, you're getting married to someone. So you, you want to find out how they are through the ups, the downs, the good, you know, and like, you know, what kind of, what, what they're, um, you know, what they're just like on a, on a regular basis. So that's where I think people go wrong is, so, oh, I was like, no, spend some time, you know, do a, do a JV for us, like do a, do a test year, right? Of like doing something where you're not legally. So like, so me and Tiff, like, we're bound, like we pay taxes together, right? Like we're like we're together together. Um, so it's like you know maybe do like a you know like a partnership where it's not like a an official business together. So that like you know if something doesn't work out after you know a while, and then um, you know you can kind of go your separate ways. And 
that that would be my advice because the worst thing is uh, you know ruin a friendship um, you know over business because not everyone's meant for everyone in you know in business but that's on you to do your due diligence um, on 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 actually digging if you you guys can work together. Yeah, yeah, that's great advice. And yeah, when money enters the picture, of course, that can change the way maybe people behave or behave with each other. Can. You don't know, I guess, until you, yeah. until you try in some ways. I know it's getting late for you over there, uh, so I don't want to keep you too long. I don't know what you're doing after this, but uh, I'm sure you're doing something fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually just have a, I've got a, got a Zoom call like uh, with the okay. team uh, about budgets and finance. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. There you go. That's fun. Um, no, I, I, I had a couple more questions, though. I wanted to ask you because you seem to be somebody who's really able to stay on top of trends, whether it's like travel trends or, or online business trends, things like that. So uh, I just wanted your advice on... I think that's an important part of... Well, it can be an important part of just kind of... Yeah, I forget the words you used before, but just, just kind of being able to see where things are going. I don't know if you do anything specific to stay on top of trends, you know, or, or if you just want to share what you think might be coming in the next years in terms of travel and online business. I'd just be curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, um, I think you see a massive shift in the way that people travel um, as like digital, like digital nomads and working remotes. I think you see the the massive boom of the the month plus long or you know trips. Like even if you see on Airbnb now, they've they've changed where you have like the four plus week. Um, option when you search. And so that's one of the biggest trends um, because there's a lot of people just doing it as, you know, companies are not going back to the office. Um, I think you'll see, so that will impact travel. Uh, There's a lot of countries that are now starting to give what they call like digital nomad work visas. Um, Even I learned Rwanda has one as, as well now. Uh, so that like countries are really paying attention, um, to this longer term travel. So it's, um, people can work legally in, um, you know, in countries. And I think you see the, especially the younger generation and a bit of the older generation without kids really just going gun ho with, um, you know, living you know, living abroad as, um, because the standard of living in so many places has increased greatly. Bali is not what it was 20 years ago. Like this is a super comfortable place to, you know, to live or, you know, places in Africa, places all over Asia or South America. And with this global economy, right, you, you have, options that are now available to people that were never available before. And once you start to, once you experience this, like you've crossed over into the matrix, you're like, hmm, whoa, I don't know if I can go back fully into, uh, whoa. And so I think that's what you're going to see a major shift um, in travel in those ways. Yeah. uh, More people are going to have the, I'm running on the beach in Hawaii moments that you had, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just like, here we go. Cool. Before I let you go, uh, I, I always like to hear some good resource recommendations and, and maybe ask you like for, 
either you know some life-changing books perhaps or some apps you love to use or anything like that that you just find super helpful that's a part of been a big part of your life man apps man uh shout out to xe so just the letters xe so that's uh you literally just plug in your so whatever your currency is and so when you're trying to, especially when you travel to so many different countries, it's like, all right, ten dollars, and I put it here, and I get to see what, um, you know, what that different currency is. Duolingo, um, I dig Duolingo for for languages. Then, ooh, also, um, it used to be called TransferWise, but Wise, it's called Wise now. Uh, so PayPal, they're thieves, absolute thieves when it comes to like exchange. You hear us, rate. PayPal. You hear us, PayPal. Come on. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I was like, even if they wanted to sponsor me, I'd be like, no, you thieves. <laughs> like, uh, um, like uh, but no, I like PayPal. I still use them. It's like jokes. But like what, on the exchange rates, right? They, they take so much on the exchange rates. So if you're sending dollars, but then you're sending into euros or a different currency, like you just get killed. Um, and when you're sending like larger payments, like in the thousands, like you, you end up losing hundreds of dollars um, just on like on the exchange. And so WISE is, um, they basically give you like the best exchange rates. And then you can get like a like a debit card if you want to like like without like the transactions fees. Um, and Wise doesn't pay me, but if you want to pay me for this plug, Wise. Um, but like literally, like I, when I pay for like my villas or like paying for a lot of stuff, um, it's easy. It's like a lot of times it's like instant transfer to um, to the bank accounts because a lot of like if you're doing a wire, like if I'm doing a wire from like my Chase account, it takes like five days and it's like forty bucks you know, for a transfer. And I was like, I don't always want to do this, right? And then another thing is you can fill up, you can, I have like a local SIM card, you can load up um, like your, your local mobile monies and everything through through WISE. So that's like, these are the things that you learn while traveling um, that is super useful. And then now books, um, I've really enjoyed... Think and Grow Rich um, is a classic. Um, I really like Think and Grow Rich. And then The Four Agreements. It's not really a business book, but The Four Agreements by uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. I really love the mindset of that book. Um, it's a really, yeah, just an eye-opening book. I love The Alchemist. Uh, so many books. Even like, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it really gives you a, it's a very popular book, but like the found, like the foundations in there of like which quadrant do you want to be in really kind of set me up for like, it never left me of like, okay, do I want to be self-employed or do I actually want to be a business owner? Um, and then or do I want to be an investor, right? Or, you know, an employee, right? So that that gave me a lot of foundation of, where I where I think of like and how I wanted to create businesses because I was like before I was like oh I'm a business owner but I was like mm, not really I was like if I don't do anything the business stops I'm I'm self employed <laughs> you know I'm a glorified employee um, which is dope but like I think as things 
grow and I grew, I was like, I wanted to be able to build, you know, build something where um, it still moved even as, you know, I'm not doing anything. Like right now, Tiff's on a a six-week vacation, which she's like, I never could have dreamed of taking like a six-week vacation before. Um, so that would be, that would be the things for me. Um, those books, I could go on and on about books. I love reading and then also audible. So like as I'm walking, oh, and Get Good With Money by Tiffany Alicia, Tiffany the Budgetista. Um, but it's really a great book. Like the, it's been like on New York Times bestseller for like 10 weeks now. Like people are absolutely loving it. So those are some of my like classic books. Um, and then so apps, I was, I was like Wise, Exe, um, and then out here you just learn there's different like car apps. So it's like Grab and um, Gojek. So different countries you'll see you have different. So not Uber is not everywhere where you would think. And so they have just different apps in different countries. What are some of yours? Actually, I actually have a question. What are some of your favorite travel apps? Oh man, I mean, I'm an XE and Wise user as well. So you got, okay. <laughs> you got two of mine right there. Um, yeah, I'm still waiting for Wise to come out with like the travel points and miles debit card or something, right? And just like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, those are those are the practical ones I use the most, particularly for business. The Wise account has is pretty huge. Now I got to get my phone, right? I mean, I'd say. Uh, Audible is something I use as well. I love audio. So you know, having a good podcast app and then also an audio book app is is uh, often open for me. Those are the main ones. I've always been terrible at... I'm not somebody that... I know a lot of people use Trail Wallet where they can kind of keep their budget and stuff. I, I'm not... I'm always terrible at that. I never really want to take the time to write down everything I bought throughout the day. I just can't, can't do it, man. It was a blast getting to know you. I'm so glad we got to... I have one more thing you made me think of. I would definitely say if you don't have a good travel credit card, get a great travel credit card. It can help change your world in ways. Like, So I have like my Amex because we do a lot of advertising. I pay for it like because some months we're spending like... We're spending hundreds of thousands a month like on the card. So it's like... But even... Even before, when I was just spending like a you know a couple thousand a month, it adds up so much. And so, if you're good with money and can manage, one hundred percent get a travel credit card. Mm. Totally agree. I can dream. I'd like to do this in person at some point. I don't know if mm-hmm. you're coming to Norway anytime. I'd certainly like to visit Bali if you're there. But it'd be great to to meet you in person at at some point somewhere in the world here. Um, I'm for it. I love Norway. I can't wait to come back. I had the best time in. I went to um, landed in Oslo, and then um, my friend she took me to Stavanger, um, where she lived, and then um, then we went up to Tromsø uh, to to do the whole Northern Lights and everything. Nice, cool. Yeah, those eleven dollar beers will be waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm doing it all wrong, man. I, I went to the most expensive place. It's supposed to be going to the cheapest <laughs> anyway. Thank you so much, Jabril, uh, just for taking the time to share all of your knowledge and expertise and your travel experiences. It's just such a joy to have you on. And yeah, I hope we can do it again in person somewhere, somewhere in the world. So thanks again for your time. Likewise. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it.
Take care. There you have it. Thank you so very much to Jabril Agoro for stopping by the show. What a pleasure getting to chat with him, and I hope you enjoyed listening in on our conversation. He talked in the beginning of the interview about that flow state, right? The importance of flow, being in that flow, and I love that feeling. I'm sure you've had it, right? When you just things are flowing. I don't know if there's any other way to describe it, and I'll never forget the longest period of time I spent in a flow state was... (laughs) on my first backpacking trip. My first solo backpacking trip to Europe, which changed my life. Really, my first trip overseas. I mean, I'd been to Mexico for spring break at 18 in high school. That didn't, that wasn't a cultural experience, let's put it that way. This was backpack, solo travel, staying in hostels, out on my own, all around Europe for a couple months. Life-changing. The thing that really led to everything I've been doing on this podcast and, and really completely changed the trajectory of my life and made me realize that I wanted to choose travel as a lifestyle. And I did that for a very long time, living nomadically for over a decade. And it all started with that trip. And the reason why, or one of the big reasons why I I knew I had to keep traveling despite what society or maybe the status quo was, was telling me or throwing at me was because I was in that flow state when I was traveling for two months. I had like this body buzz that was just, I just felt like I was somehow living my life's purpose in some way just by getting out there and experiencing the world, meeting people, having these conversations. It was just an endless high and I've never felt so much in the flow and just so much in line with everything, energetically or whatever you want to call it. I'm calling it flow. I was in that flow state for two months. It was incredible. And I knew travel was going to be a big part of my life after that. And it certainly was. So it's good to pay attention to those moments when you're in that flow state and you just feel like things are on point or you're on purpose with your life or whatever. You know, even if those are just little glimpses, sometimes they can happen now and, you know, a 30 second or a minute spurt because of a conversation that you're having with somebody or or something that just gives you goosebumps for some reason. Everybody's body reaction to being in sort of a flow state like that is different, but always good to pay attention to those times when you're in that. And that can, I think reflecting on that can help answer some questions about, life, you know, if you know, oh, what should I do next? Or, you know, what, uh, what, what should I do with my business? Or where should I travel? Or what, you know, what should I do this weekend? <laughs> you know, what gets you in that flow state? Getting outdoors, camping. It's another thing that uh, really gets me feeling good, just getting outside, you know. These things are important, and sometimes you lose track of them. And this goes back to maintaining that balance, right? Something I talked about at the beginning, something we talked about a lot in this interview, and Jabril said he's great at maintaining the balance, and I don't feel like I'm always so great at it. I've had to start identifying some of the things that are throwing my balance off, if you will. If I'm walking on a tightrope or walking on a slack line, you know, what is the thing that throws your balance off, if you imagine it like that? Well, you know, a big gust of wind for me is the smartphone, (laughs) right? This is a physical thing that can throw off my balance, big time 
because it's just there and you can check it and you can do email and you can do things. So what I started doing is just putting it away, leaving it in a far off location or in a drawer and not keeping it on me. Now, uh, that's a small practical tip if anybody else has that smartphone struggle. I know it's not anything that's never been said before, but it was the broader concept of asking the question, what is creating the imbalance or what might be creating this imbalance? Now, this was like a simple hack. I can look at it and say, hey, this physical object, this smartphone thing is creating an imbalance in my life at these moments in time when I should be more present. So I'm just going to put it away. It's not always as easy as removing a physical object. But the bigger point I wanted to make is is asking yourself that question. What are some of the things that might be creating the imbalance when the imbalance occurs? And let's face it, it's not realistic to think that we can achieve some kind of perfect state where we're always in balance. I just don't think that that's a realistic expectation. But you know, just from living your life, sometimes you're, you're a little more in balance than other times. And if you get too far out of balance, it, it ain't good. <laughs> it ain't good. And then you got to bring up this question. What is creating that imbalance? Is it a relationship? Is it a physical object? Is it uh, habits? Are they habits? Is it uh, your sleeping schedule? What can it be? You know, identifying some of those things and working with them is one step in, in the right direction in terms of restoring that balance. So just wanted to share some thoughts around that. And now it's time to grab a quote. This quote is from Tyson Deshamaru, who said, like a great mountain, simply welcome rain, snow, and ice and become changing, formless, a spring of living water. Thanks again for listening. Peace and love, and I'll see you next time. Have a great day. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.